I'm Jack Semlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2019 Strip-Till Farmer podcast series. In today's program, we investigate the nuts and bolts approach to putting together a strip-till rig from scratch. If this is your first time joining us, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. And a reminder that by subscribing, you will be able to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released. Thanks again to Topcon Agriculture for its support of this podcast series. Agronomy Matters and Topcon Agriculture application solutions make it work. From planning to precision machine control, NORAX, boom height control, monitoring and mapping to data management, you have the total set of solutions to maximize your agronomic plan. Find out how to make the most of your 4-hour nutrient stewardship with precision technology that is unmatched in ease of use. Visit them at topconpositioning.com slash growing solutions. Well, Paul Hammond has learned the nuts and bolts of taking a bare toolbar and turning it into a complete, fully functional field implement. Nearly a decade ago, he and his son Corey adopted a building on a budget mentality with equipment on their row crop and livestock operation. They've been through several iterations of strip-till rigs, different sizes and row unit setups, all with an eye on achieving an economic return on their machinery investment. For assembly of a 12-row strip-till rig, the Hammond saved about $10,000 by buying a used toolbar and spent another $2,000 building it, not counting the cost of the row units. Total cost was less than $50,000, and their most recent six-row project was assembled for about $25,000. In today's Strip-Till Farmer podcast, Paul and Corey share some of the considerations and cautionary tales for building and modifying strip-till equipment. My name is Paul Hammond, and I, uh, my son Corey and I, we farm up in southeastern Minnesota. You probably can tell with the Norwegian accent, we have this Norwegian community up there by Decorah and Decorah, Iowa. Everybody knows where Decorah is. A lot of Scandinavians around that area. So anyway, uh, that's my son Corey, and that's our that's our second machine that we had built. But it uh, we started stripped. We actually started no tilling uh, probably or. Uh, using no-till practices probably about 30 years ago. We bought a 900 cyclo planter used and 900 cyclos have been noted. I, actually IH was I, I believe was one of the first uh, companies that actually was really trying to do true no-till. You know just putting coulters on and they built their planters probably a little bit heavier than the JDs or the whites. Just, just based on their frame size and their down pressure of their row units. Uh, highly erodible land. Everything drains into the basin of the Mississippi from here. So this is why no-till or strip-till is kind of a, should be, it's a great practice for our area. So uh, farming landscape is generally corn on corn just because of the highly erodibleness, you know, bean rotations on land that's going at a 45 degree angle doesn't work that well for the most part. It ends up in the Mississippi or it ends up in the Red River watershed. So <clears throat> if we're doing no-till, we, I mean, if we're doing beans, a lot of it's no-till beans into corn stubble, which works great if you're in doing a strip-till program. Also in Filmer County, it is uh, the one of the largest counties in the state of Minnesota. It's big and uh, in comparison, probably one of the top, I don't know, 
10 uh, square mile areas. But what it is also is, what's unique about Filmer County is that it's a diversified livestock here. Uh, it has the largest concentration of cattle in the state of Minnesota. And that's, when I say cattle, I'm talking about dairy and beef together. A huge amount, of, a lot of big dairies and a lot of cattle, a lot of cow-calf operations and feedlots. So we have a lot of cattle here. Um, and so for grazing, again, it comes back to, you know, how do you, how do you manage the land and how do you make use of it and manure and whatnot. So it's very diversified ag economy is what I'm trying to say. This is our farm here, second generation farm that I uh, bought from my dad. It's a beef cattle operation with Red Angus limousine cattle. We've been working on conservation practices, like I said, for since about 2000. We started our seed dealership at the Calabasco seed dealership in 1998, which has been very good to us. It's and which both Corey and I run in together. So, so that gives you that. So, what we originally started, like I said. Uh, we, we were doing conservation planning or planting and we had this 900 planter that we were and we we're at 36 intros as, as I said here. We wanted to go into strip till because we started seeing articles about that so I said yeah let's 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 do strip till. Didn't want to buy a six row planter I didn't want to I didn't know what I was going to do but I said hey let's just butcher our 900 <laughs> planter and tore it apart. We found this old Gandhi box it was sitting, I'll, I'll tell you where we found it in a little bit here, but we found it on an old um, uh, DMI applicator. It was actually a, uh, was a test strip, test plot for fertilizer Monsanto had, had done. They, were, they, they had this uh, six row DMI test plot strip till unit that came out by Mankato, Minnesota. We ended up getting it over here to southeastern Minnesota because they, I don't know, they gave the program up, but we got it for nothing. So uh, we just took this Gandhi air box off from that six row uh, unit. It actually uh, held about maybe, I don't know, six, five, six hundred pounds of fertilizer through their test strips. So we took it into our shop and then we just redid the whole thing, made it bigger. Mounted this onto the frame of the, uh, the, of, of the 900 unit. Just took everything apart uh, on the 900 units. And then we bought Maverick, uh, Yetter Maverick strip till units. Now, why did we use Maverick? Because they, we had a dealer close by, but they were seemed to be cost effective for us. I'm not here trying to sell Yetters. They're, they're a good unit. Um, and they just seem to be very cost effective, very kind of compact. You know, that's what we started with. And uh, it's, worked, it's worked well. So uh, let's go ahead here. So this is how we configured it. Uh, right here this is kind of a side fields back view but we actually uh engineered the uh the uh the drive unit for the uh which would have been the seed drive unit that came off the tire we came up here uh figured out what the what the ratio was to uh get this this drive unit on the gandhi unit this is the variable speed unit right here that was on that gandhi unit so we <laughs> took this chain ended up running it down it's actually over here but it runs off here so it actually was just ground driven, worked out great. This, this unit here put on about 280 pounds of product when you had it cranked full speed. And it just, it was just awesome. 
So anyway, that, and, and we thought, man, this, we, we did this for about three, four years, but four row, hey, you know, we had our seed business going and we had a lot of people interested in strip till because they were looking at how, how do these guys do this? So we said, hey, let's go build something different. And this helps be a welder because we're all welders and we, we know how to bend iron. <laughs> so so we uh, says, how do we build another strip till machine? And so, but let's just keep it in, in the realms. I don't want to buy new because I just never, you know, he's always remanufacturing something on the farm. So we decided, let's just figure this out. We went back to the Yetta strip tail units because we really, really like them. Um, and we found this Montag tank, whoops. Found the Montag tank. We went on, uh, I think we found it on- um, Tractor House. Tractor House, yeah. Found it down in central Iowa someplace. We bought this Montag tank. We got some footnotes here. You go ahead, Corey. You can okay. you know, talk about it a little bit too. Um, yeah, so we found this Montag tank down to central Iowa and um, originally it was include, it had way bars included with the Raven system. Uh, so it's one thing that we were able to check off of our list and purchased it really well for about $5,000. Looking at what some of the used equipment is going on for <laughs> Tractor House right now, we realize we got a hell of a deal on that, and maybe it's not something that we can always expect to find. Uh, going on down the list here, next we took a 12-row Hineker 3000 ridge till bar uh, that we found over in western Wisconsin. Had 13 ridge till units attached to it. We ended up just... Uh, cultivator units attached to it and ended up taking all those cultivator units off, scrapping them. And again, the welding portion, kind of the seat of our pants engineering, we call it, came into play. We had to shorten the arms of this bar up about, I think it was about 12 inches. Uh, on four, 15 inches on either end. We had to, we had oh, to yeah. cut, we had to cut the bar to accommodate it to be like a planter bar because it was a cultivator bar. So we had to cut it and we brought it in 15 inches on either side so it would line up on a planter unit and then once we we cut it we had to of course this that Hineker bar is just extremely heavy because it was a strip it was a ridge till cultivator it's as heavy as any the ridge till cultivators are as heavy as any strip till unit if you if you ever seen not too many people do ridge tilling anymore as much yeah. but it was heavy it's it was like three-eighths or more steel thick so we had to cut it we had to put a sleeve inside it to bring it together and then we re-welded it so it was one solid chunk of steel and so because the stress points were right there on either side so so it, so and then we had our bar we had it done for 20 two, two thousand bucks well then we sold the steel for about a thousand away actually we had a thousand dollars in that whole bar so the steel was high at the time so yeah win <laughs> so then we we ended up purchasing 12 brand new Yetter units and at that time um, they're about $2,200 a piece there so we figure we have about uh, $26,400 into that on the units and again um, we're not trying to sell Yetter here but they just seem to have worked out really well for our situation relatively simple units yeah. uh, compact um, and sturdy yet not overly heavy but uh, the caddy that we used, and there will be a few more pictures here coming up next, uh, is a Deer Creek 
uh, welding caddy um, that we bought new for about ten thousand dollars so at, at the end of the day we figure we had probably another twenty five hundred dollars worth of miscellaneous expenses into this unit and that brings our grand total of expenses to just under forty six thousand dollars forty five thousand nine hundred dollars so I'm not sure how many of you have looked into what some of these new units cost I haven't looked in a while, but at the time that we were building this, this uh, comparable unit uh, made by Kuhn, for instance, they've got a great 12 row unit, but that was running north of $100,000. So we figure we made something comparable for less than half the price. We'll get back to our discussion shortly, but I wanted to once again thank our sponsor, Topcon Agriculture, for making this podcast possible. I also want to remind you that a new series featured monthly on our podcast, Tech Tips, with Dr. Ray Acevedo, where the former assistant professor of precision agriculture at Kansas State University and agronomic consultant for Topcon Agriculture, shares insights and advice on some of the latest precision tools and how to best implement them on your operation. You can listen to past technology tips and also find accompanying articles at striptillfarmer.com. Let's get back to the program now and hear more from Paul and Corey Hammond, who discuss their most recent equipment innovation. I would say the only thing that that we probably, you know, in, in our topography, that, uh, that New Holland... Uh, um, tractor needed another 30 horse or probably should have been 300 because to pull that strip tail unit because we have such hills this so is we were going down the berms are really great going down the hill then you go back up and all of a sudden your berms shortened up so we you know it's just part of it oh well, it's a, you know, a 98 8970 new holland yeah. which is about 240 horses yeah and in flat conditions 20 horses per row should be plenty to to pull a strip till unit but we have some pretty steep inclines that we're going up and really we need to figure about 30 horses per row in our in our geography so um, to maintain that five and a half to six miles per hour that really especially in a corn on corn situation where you're needing to move a lot of trash you really need you need to be every bit of five to six miles per hour to, to cut through some of that. With this unit, we, we ended up doing uh, custom strip till uh, for a lot of our seed customers and then a few other customers uh, for about three years. And then what actually happened is I graduated college, I started working for Monsanto and uh, he got lazy. Yeah. So. <laughs> Not really, but <laughs> so anyways we ended up uh we ended up selling this unit on tractor house um to a farmer back around uh was it Owine? Owine? Owine area. Um Iowa. And as far as I know it's still going strong. Yeah. So So now what we did, uh Corey came back and um so we said, Wow, we're gonna build another strip till. Because what I did when he was gone um, I actually took a hiatus from actually crop farming because um, bought a bar and isn't that amazing? <laughs> we, um, we did construction too. So yeah, we multitask all the time up here. Anyway, and so we remodeled this bar for three years, got it going. 
now now it's running and and so he came back and so now we're farming again he's taken over the seed business so we said well let's just build another strip till machine so we just um started going on the internet and just finding parts again and so uh we we, we found this uh started with the, the gandhi orbit air that uh 80 cubic uh container up there uh, uh it we we actually were going to think about buying one from gandhi itself they're made up at owatonna minnesota the gandhi corporation is from there and that unit right there that gray unit probably north of twenty-five thousand, twenty-two thousand. And that's got a scale on it and everything. It's probably closer to twenty-five thousand for that that unit. It holds approximately three ton. And uh, we didn't want to go back to a twelve rope because we were just smaller farmers. Just decided, you know what? We're not going to do go back to custom work. Custom, we just don't have enough time to do custom work. And so our our you know 150 200 acres of corn six rows works just fine so we had the horsepower and already there so we just decided that's why we decided to do the six row so but we found that applicator or that box and found it on Trent tractor house. house again found it down in Ohio. uh there was a, a company down there that um, it was in india okay indiana um that was kind of a seed uh, kind of a, a applicator company was just sitting on craigslist or not craigslist but tractor house and um they it it, it was used as a um, um cover. a cover crop thing on a hagee uh, high boy and apparently it didn't work out because they they took it off the hagee and or someone took it off the hagee and traded it into these guys and these guys were trying to sell this thing and and uh, they wanted fifteen thousand for it, and I, I offered them ten on the thirtieth of December. I said I'd wire a check today if you want to take ten. And this guy took it, so we bought that thing for ten thousand dollars, and um, for less than half price, way less than half price, and it's brand new. All they did was run some cover crops through it, and it was just like new. So we got that thing here. And then we uh, <clears throat> ended up buying a Yetter uh, 30, uh, 6300 Coulter cart, and, which is brand new, which is a really nice uh, unit. And, uh, and then we came back to this six-row DMI and a hydrospar, you know that red box that I was telling you about? That, uh, we, that Monsanto just kind of left in the weeds someplace. Well, we took that bar, that was where that red box was on our, on our original unit, that we just took that bar and we kind of uh, had to redesign it because the original DMI unit was like, uh, well, it was 15 feet wide, but it was like five and a half feet width, just the way that strip till bar was. So we had to shorten it up. We had to shorten up to a regular strip till bar, which is about 18 inches. So we had to cut the mainframe, brought it back in, re-welded it. And so we now we had a really nice compact strip till bar. And so it didn't cost us anything for that. And the other reason for that is to keep with that with that bar as wide as it would have been, you would have had all this weight another two and a half, three feet back farther. Yeah. So it would have really had you would have had to really balance the yeah. row unit and it's just a lot more stress right. on that three point. 
Because right now, that's most strip till uh, three point bars are about 18 inches, yeah. 18 and a half to 20 inches in, in width. So this one was pretty similar to most of them. So then we got this thing on there. We put the, uh, uh, put the bar together. We've got a Ravens uh, um, 600 uh, rate controller in there. Uh, we, we, we took those four units that were sitting on that original one that we did built put them on here and we bought two used ones from a guy down where you, when you were in Illinois. Uh, it was actually soil service out of, uh, out of uh, West Central Illinois, who I saw one of their reps running around here today. So they are around, they, they sell Yetter units as well and, and do a lot of strip tilling in West Central Illinois. Yeah, so we bought those two units and I think we paid a thousand bucks a piece for them yep. for those two units. So what did we have on there, Corey? Well, so the Yetter cart cost about $7,000. Um, then the $10,000 uh, box with the scale. We did have to purchase the Raven controller with the way that the Heggy sprayer was set up or the Heggy uh, cover crop applicator was set up. They used their own rate controller. So it had a Raven control unit on the side of the box, but we needed to get a monitor for it. So. We were able to find one of those for about $700 and then $2,000 for the two more units. And we didn't count the four units that we'd already purchased for that, for our first, for our first strip till project in on this cost. And then probably another $5,000 in miscellaneous cost to have it assembled, welded, painted and everything like that. So our total cost for this project came to about $25,000 to create this six row unit. Well, thank you, Paul and Corey, for sharing your tips and payback on assembling home-built equipment to implement in your strip-till operation. And again, we'd like to thank and recognize our sponsor, Topcon Agriculture, for helping make this strip-till farmer podcast possible. And I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessitermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. You can also keep up on the latest strip-till practices impacting your farm today by registering online at striptillfarmer.com for our free strip-till strategies daily e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at striptillfarmr and on our Striptill Farmer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2019 podcast series. And a reminder that you can check out striptillfarmer.com slash NSTC for recent news and updates on our annual National Strip Tillage Conference. For Paul and Corey Hammond, Topcon Agriculture, and our entire staff here at Strip Till Farmer, I'm Jackson Licka. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.